The basic tool for the manipulation of reality is the manipulation of words. If you can control the meaning of words, you can control the people who must use those words. Philip K. Dick Bending Not Breaking Episode 10 Jet back again with another episode of Benny Not Breaking, episode 10 on the episode Jet, and we're looking at it through a lens of manipulation. I am Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Bruitt. And we are excited to be back for another episode. God, this is, a lot happens in this episode. It's kind of I say that episode. a lot, but this is like, <clears throat> you really start to see some things go down. Probably, this honestly might be one of my favorites of the, the entire series. A lot happens here. There's a lot. A lot happens here. But before we get started, let's talk about manipulation itself. Oh, bef- yeah. yeah. Uh, b- before uh, we do that. <clears throat> before, All right, so I have the recap. We got to do the, the descending recap word here. recap. Um, and I've got 11 words. Good luck. It won't be as good as mine last week. Maybe. Here, give me a second. Very humble of <clears throat> me, huh? <laughs> <clears throat> Eleven words. Is that part of your... No. Okay. Heroes meet Jet. Seems great, but is willing to murder children. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right? Okay. If you've got a better recap (laughs) that can be in eleven words, tweet that at, at us at the Archive on Twitter. Seems great. But, but is willing to murder children. That is an accurate recap <laughs> we are, that we need to dive into. You're, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Uh, but let's talk about manipulation yeah. itself. So manipulation itself, if you look at the, the correct dip definition of manipulation, it is just altering something. It is creating change. We have a very negative connotation of the word manipulation because it is normally used for when someone's doing it in a malicious way to yeah. control a situation. Well, I, I also think if you if you just Google manipulation and look for the definition there, they use manipulation and manipulating in the definition, which yeah. is really annoying. So you have to look up manipulate. You have to look up better. Yeah, yeah, you do better than that, right? But, you know, the second definition is the action of manipulating someone in a clever or unscrupulous way. Yes. But you can also manipulate... Like bending itself is manipulation. Correct. So you are taking Absolutely. you are taking elements around you and you're manipulating them to be what you need them to be. And so I wanna when I look through this, the lens of manipulation, I think of it more as altering the situation or altering a state of something. Um we can't look through it completely in a lens mm-hmm. of no. that manipulating I mean, it's, something it's, it's is negative. influence. It's yeah. like control and influence it's inspiring, over something. Yeah. If you are inspiring someone, you are manipulating them. Well, that's the question I wrote first and was manipulation versus persuasion versus inspiration. And I think inspiration and persuasion are forms of manipulation. Right. Right? Absolutely. And so those are both can be very positive. Yeah. So before the episode even started, I wanted to make sure that I was very clear about like that watching it. Is sure. it like bending itself is manipulating? So with a lot of things that we see, 
you know, is something cannot necessarily be good or inherently good or bad. No. It is the way that people use it that makes it that way. Yeah. You know Jet saying? is very skillful. Yes, he is. But also, like, Aang is great at manipulation when it comes to bending. Oh, he's um, incredible. You get moments... He's the avatar. You get moments where <laughs> Sokka um, tries to manipulate the situation but doesn't have the tools to do it well, and he's coming from a good place. But his intent his is His intent is in, in the really right good. place. Yes. Um, but he gets mocked for it because of his inability to manipulate the views of others. Yeah. So, like, again, sometimes manipulation can be a really powerful, positive tool. Sometimes you, it can be incredibly harmful, and we'll talk about how that comes to be. Yeah, I think we see both. We do. So the very first thing, are we ready to dive in? Anything Let's do you it. Add? The very first thing we see is Mook Mook gets captured. <laughs> Momo! Gets captured. Um, Mook Mook. Oh and my God. his heroes um, realize it's a, fire, it's a Fire Nation trap, but they, they set him free, and they also set free um, two monkeys. Well, I mean, his, he's manipulated into being caught. Yep. He's lured into a trap, right? That is a skillful art yep. that brought... Momo into this trap. And then I think the hog monkeys are manipulate Aang by looking all sad and cute. And Aang's like, oh, I'll, I'll get you too. Yeah. And he, they manipulate Aang, right? Yeah, and it's a perfect example of like, not for good or for bad, just to, it just is. Just to escape. Um, and so once Mumuk gets uh, free, we finally get Sokka, um, notices the Fire Nation traps, and he tells them that they, they don't need to fly. And so there's our first example of Sokka not being great. Um, he does manipulate the situation. I mean, he achieves his goal He here. achieves the goal, but... Is Begrudgingly. In, but I just... I told you, like, Katara made me upset last episode. See, this is where I was more upset with And her. I get upset with her on this, is that he is very logical about why he's, like, it is a flying bison with an arrow on its head. Yep. That is very noticeable. We've got to stop doing that. Yep. He ends up leading them into a Fire Nation camp by telling them they need to walk, but his logic is sound. And but he, she's not able to separate that from the fact that he made that they lured them into a Fire Nation trap. Even before that, I don't think the fact that he said, you're wrong, like, we can't fly. And she's like, no, we can fly. And he's like, no, we can't. She immediately starts saying, like, oh, your instincts. Like, and Aang starts... gets on the train. Yeah. Right? And that's where I was most surprised because I this is where I realized that Aang's still a child. Well, yeah, because I don't think he, he's not doing it. I don't think he sees it as, like, this could be hurting Sokka. No, um, I don't I think so he, He's got yeah. this huge smile on his face when he says that. Like, yeah, Sokka, can your instincts carry my bag? <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think he... Like, that's a very cruel comment. He's got a tough time reading the room. Yeah. Yeah, he has not developed that skill. And I normally Aang is very attuned, right? But this is the moment where I don't think he's reading, reading it very well. Yeah. Well, also, uh, let's talk about this moment, too, with Katara... When we disagree with someone, on not necessarily on the logic that is being used, but because we don't, for the sake that we don't want to agree with them in this moment, she starts to attack his character. She does. And this is really interesting because I question this because I'm not the boss, I'm the leader. Right? That's what Sokka says. Right. I'm not the boss, I'm the leader. And 
Here's the deal, though. They haven't had a problem with Sokka's leadership, him leading them in the past. Nope. Right? There have been several examples of where Sokka has taken charge, and they've been like, they've just been like, okay. Yeah. Right? But this time is different, and I'm not sure why. I agree. I don't know what is it wear and tear of this like the the relationship. That's the story I'm telling myself is that again we talked about this I think last episode like are they getting more tired are they getting more that that wear and tear that their relationships are starting to wear. When does Katara do it? Like when she starts to get upset with him, is it because of the way that his tact and saying like, "No, you're wrong." Like he didn't have a lot. He did not do a good job of manipulating the situation and being like. Yep. Hey, have we thought about it this way? He sits there and says, nope, you're wrong. Well, and I think there's you're... a lack of humility. Right. Right? And I think if there was some humility in that, the manipulation would have been easier. Yeah, it comes from a place of, you're stupid. It's a giant flying bison. Of course, you're, you know, I think that's how she perceives it. Yeah. And that makes it easier for her to sit there and say, like, oh, your instincts. But I got to tell you, like, that, I was annoyed with that for the entire 30 seconds. Well, it would have rubbed me the wrong way had I been Sokka, yeah. right? That would have been like, oh, oh, no, you didn't, right? Let's, like, and so I totally feel you. Like, that was the wrong thing to say. Well, and then she even later in the episode, she goes back and puts another, like, jab in the ribs. Like, Several like, over the course of the episode. Like, oh, is it your instincts? Like, mm-hmm. and it just what I like, especially when Sokka knows that he's, like, in the right on this, that he's yeah. seen more than she has, um, that's got to hurt even more. And it's got to yep. be super frustrating. Um. So they lead them to a Fire Nation camp. Fire Nation camp. They get rescued by Jet and crew. Yes. So Jet and crew comes in and immediately says, you know. Well, I think it's interesting to point out, like, as Jet's fighting, he ends his fight right in front of Katara. And I wonder if he does that on purpose. Maybe. Right? He, like, ends standing, like, perfectly, like, a foot away from her, clearly in her, like, three feet of safety bubble, like, very close saying hey hey i just did this no big deal or anything hey but like so i think it's really interesting like do you think he ended there on purpose uh maybe i think sometimes you end where the like where you have to in a fight where you potentially have your lives so he's not so skilled that he but it just but he might be he might be that he's so skilled that he was able to manipulate that entire fight scene so that he could end up there um i think it's awfully convenient Sure. That he ended right in front of Katara, and Katara's like, oh. Uh, you already start to feel like this attraction and this, yep. like. She's already. She's, the crush has begun. She's smitten. Yep. Here's where it gets me. Calls his crew the Freedom Fighters off the get go. Hey, we are the Freedom Fighters. And so he is immediately creating a story to manipulate the situation Absolutely. of like, who we are. So the question is that I wrote down how do the names. Um, that we use for things, the words that we use for things alter the narrative or manipulate the narrative um, that we are trying to, to say. And I think that's incredibly important because it's easy to, yeah, they're fighting for freedom. Like, how easy is it to get bought in on that? Um, but you don't understand the extent of what that looks like for him. But he's got, we're the freedom fighters. We're fighting for freedom. Not only does that shift the narrative for Katara and Aang and Sokka, I think that also shifts the narrative for him. And what he and his beliefs and how just his actions are. Absolutely. Um, but it it just is an example of like the words we use are important. Yep. One hundred percent. I'm one hundred percent in line. And so what I think is really interesting here is what we start to see now is Jet 
and Katara are talking about, like, this is where you were talking about, like, this is the next jab around Sokka's instincts. We were following Sokka's instincts. And Jet is immediately like, yeah, that'll get you killed. Yep. And so he's immediately building a bond with Katara by putting Sokka down. Mm -hmm. Right? And so Katara's relationship with him is growing. Sokka's is diminishing. So Jet's playing a move here, and I think he's doing it intentionally to build relationship with Katara. Right? And he's doing it through common enemy intimacy. Yep. I was I wrote that down. Specifically that moment down of right? common because you what is the difference when you build off a relationship off of trust and shared values versus shared enemies exactly and what does that create in a relationship exactly um and how is that used to manipulate well in this this their whole relationship is common enemy intimacy yep we right? do this because the fire nation tore down like he the next segment is him giving backstory on everything that's happened to him and, yep. and other members of the freedom fighters and he starts to say like you know oh, we lost our parents to the fire nation and so now he's got a bargain and, and, then, and then katara's like you know he's going to use that information that katara shares yeah and right at this moment we think jet's great like there's no reason for us to believe that he's not fantastic other than Sokka not liking him yep and the more work you like the more work you put in on this like i know you know common enemy intimacy is not real intimacy correct um but we've done a lot, like, that's a lot of work that's been put in on that, but, like... Well, and that's a concept that's not really well-known, but, like, again, if you are interested in hearing more about what that concept and diving deeper into it, I recommend um, reading some Brene Brown. Yeah. But as but what you really get at is if you really want to build relationships and bonds uh, that, are, that are meaningful, um, based off of trust, based off of um, love, it cannot be around... A common enemy intimacy they cannot be around this this idea of the enemy of my enemy is my friend well and it's the same concept around like gossiping right it's like you are trying to build a connection by gossiping about gossiping about somebody else is again a false relationship it's one of those things where we're gonna feel closer because i'm sharing this like ooey gooey information we're clicking because of similarities right but it's not the right ones correct and so ultimately that relationship is not going to be beneficial if that's all it's built upon. And so you start to see that this happens with Jet, that the only way that he's built relationships, and I think this might be one of his downfalls, is his only he has these tools of connection and understanding, but it's always through fear and it is always through the common enemy. Well, and I think that's all he knows because it has worked for him so far. Mm -hmm. It has been working. He has a whole band of merry fellows that are doing like listening to him and respect him and give him the authority that he wants and so for him this is like it, it's what is it i don't even know how to, i'm not thinking of the word um it's just reinforcing the fact that it's working for him and so right. he's like well if this is working then i must be doing well i must be doing it right and so the way he continues to do that is at, at night that campfire he starts to you know uh, he talked about the Fire Nation, and my favorite part was when Smellerby or somebody else rode one of the Fire Nation like a wild hog monkey. Yeah. And then he says, he calls the Fire Nation swine. And then they, he thought that they would win, but they were dead wrong. Yep. Right? This type of language is very persuasive. 
this group is all in. They're clapping after this. They're laughing after this. Yeah. But it's also incredibly dangerous language. It's all dehumanizing. It's dehumanizing. And we see that later in the episode because you've got, and we've talked about this before, you've, you've got people who are living inside of the Fire Nation who are not necessarily a part of the ideals of Lord Ozai. Right? Like, that's just... You've got people who are... We see this old man walking down the path. And, and yes, he is, he and is, he is Fire he Nation. He is a part of the Fire Nation because of where he was born. But he is not looking to, to murder families and kill people. Um, based off of our assumption that we can make at the time. But because of the language that he is using as he is inspiring all of these people, it makes it that much easier to attack them. It, it makes it that much easier exact. because you're dehumanizing who they are. Well, and I think it's worth context to think about, like, every genocide in history has started with dehumanizing language. Absolutely. Every single one, right? And it's, oh my god, it's terrifying. Like, the, the Tutsis called um, everybody in, in Rwanda, mm-hmm. those cockroaches, uh, the, every genocide starts with dehumanizing language from either one party or both. Yep. Right? And I think that this is really important, especially in today's day and age, to realize that if you're calling somebody something that is making them out to be less than human, it is not okay, regardless of whether they are in the right or wrong, right? So, for instance, if you are a member of a certain political party, right, and the other person, somebody on the other political party does something and you call them a bad name right yeah that's not okay I'll, I'll say it right now if you are offended by a group of people calling you a libtard because it is offensive it should make you equally offended when you hear someone call the other political party maggots yes like there's no you're both wrong you can't, and you cannot find common ground. You cannot work towards a better solution if you are con- consistently dehumanizing other people. And so, and we see that how dangerous and, that well, is through this episode. And I think, and I think it's dangerous because it is a form of manipulation that works. That's what's dangerous about it. Absolutely. Is that it is highly effective, and it's pro- it, it, because it's so effective. That's what makes it so problematic. Yeah. Right. And so I think that we just we have to be aware of the language that is coming out of our mouths. We have to be a language of the aware of the language that we are using in our heads and the stories we are telling ourselves. And if we are using dehumanizing language, it's not okay. Yeah, you cannot claim moral high ground in any situation if that is something that you are willing to do. Here, here. Um, and we see that Jet uses from the get go. We also see that he notices that Sokka is not necessarily on board. And he continues to to uplift Katara and build a relationship yep. by saying, like, oh, you are so good at this. Like, oh, I need your bending skills. Notice well, that he yeah, does not even compliment Sokka until Sokka gets Sokka. to the point where Sokka's like, we can't stay. And then he turns it yes, and says... I have a, an important assignment for you. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm going to compliment all these benders, and then I'm going to compliment them to ask them a favor, and then... Like, that's a form of manipulation because that's working for him and that's the side he's taken. And I think he immediately, as soon as he realized that the benders would leave if Sokka left, he was like, no, now I have to get Now Sokka I do have, yep, yeah, exactly. Right? And you see that with people all the time where, oh, no, 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 don't act out. I have something important for you. And here's the deal. 
this is a really useful tool with children. Yeah. Right? If students are acting out or if you're at a summer camp, whatever you're doing with kids, if somebody's doing something you don't want them to do and they're getting negative attention, right? You want to give them positive attention. And so you give them, hey, I have a special task for you. And then when they do it, you reward, reward them, them yeah. right? And here's the deal. This is used right here. And it's just used in a way that's not okay. When it comes from the intent of the person who is using it, right? Yes. So like if you're using it in a way to, you know, people are, <laughs> I am really good at manipulating kids to do stuff. Yes. Like that's one of my really great talents and skills. But it comes from a place of teaching responsibility, teaching honesty, rewarding them, providing self-worth. Like we're going to do these things to get you to change your behavior so that you can see that when you behave this other way and show more positive behaviors the benefits of that yep this is happening in a way from i can't get what i want i need you to do my bidding yeah exactly and so we see manipulation it's a tool positive but and it's, the language just changes around it when we use it in positive right we're not yeah it's not manipulation anymore you're inspiring someone exactly it's not That's manipulation what I was anymore. Earlier, yeah. right? it's exactly yeah you're you're inspiring someone you are coaching someone yep you are providing feedback yep when it's wrong you're manipulating someone yes again we just see how important language is well, in and, the way that and, it's and used connotations and important yep right um, and then they go after the Fire Nation. The, the special assignment for Sokka is they go after this Fire Nation old man. Jet learns a new trick when Sokka puts his knife into the tree to like sound out whether someone's coming. Yeah. And Jet's like, ooh, good trick, Sokka. Right? And then once they find out that there's this Fire Nation guy walking up, Sokka's like, no, 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 no. This is not okay. And Jet's like, no! And then he goes after this kid anyway, this adult old man, yeah. frail old man. Well, um, and it, he, again, he tries to convince and manipulate Sokka by using fear at this moment. Yes. He's Fire Nation. Remember what Fire Nation did to your family. Remember why you fight. When Sokka didn't even share that information, Katara right. did. Yeah. Right? But it, Sokka's not on board. Sokka's well, here's the deal. If that were me, I'd be like, you have no right to talk. You don't. We don't have this relationship where you can talk about my dead parents. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. That's where my mind would go, but like I can totally see how somebody else would take it a different way and be like, oh my God, you're so right, my parents. But he doesn't. Right. He sits there and says, no, like, this is wrong. Yes. This is wrong. Well, and I think that Sokka is probably my idol in this episode because he is so courageous and willing to stand up for his values, even when people disagree with him, when it's, when all of his loved ones disagree with him and he's still willing to stand by his values right right i think that's what i aspire to do and i i don't always achieve it so uh, the question i have with that to, to push back on that uh, it's more playing devil's advocate but it is how do you know that when your values are the ones worth standing up for and sticking your ground on versus learning and growing and needing to change and potentially being wrong about something because Sokka's so, right in this right because Sokka's right 100% we know he's right he's standing up for what's right we know that but what happens when someone behaves the way Sokka is and standing up for their beliefs when their beliefs are wrong I think that that's where the debate comes in sure but I, I think for me I will feel better about who I am the life that I'm living if I have filtered all of my actions and all of my thought and words through the values that I have 
chosen and I think he's doing that yeah and I think that if I'm doing that to the best of my ability then I'm ultimately going to feel better about who I am and what I've done and it will be have it'll be have been worth it yeah and so I, what I hear you say in this and what I think is important is that you have a value system that you choose you you lift up your values so for me personally one yeah of, this is not a flippant choice of like this is right this is wrong no. this is like this is grounded in a value yeah, that I have my values are love and belonging are, are two of like my core values that I and so being able to sit there and look through a situation yeah. and say am I being am I living into those specific values yeah my two are love and courage. Right. Right. And, and so, which is why I admire Sokka's courage here. Because yep. he is able to withstand the pressure of not being loved in the moment, knowing that he loves himself for making the right decision. Yeah. But so an example of this, though, would be, you know, using dehumanizing language. Is it okay to call someone who voted for Trump maggots? No. That does not live into your values of love or courage sure doesn't um and so you know that allows you to say i'm wrong in this yes um sokka's got his values of i, I can't choose his values for him but whatever um, they are family is probably one yes. of them and realizing that safety is probably, probably one of them and no matter which one you pick right if it's family this guy has family that he's responsible for and he's an innocent bystander and we can't take him away from his family right whatever it is we can ground it in some value you pick one and that's the whole point of this what we're doing with this podcast right we can see these episodes through a different lens and analyze all of those actions through that lens right but we have to have our values for ourselves and we have to be willing to stand by them right and so we get this moment where Saka stands up for it he runs back um he tries to tell the truth Katara says I want Jet's side of the story Jet lies flat out. Well, he, and he doesn't at first, though. Did Sokka tell you he was Fire Nation? But just by using that, he's already playing back into the fear of yep. connection with Katara. Uh, no, he didn't tell me he was Fire Nation. Which, of course, like Sokka at this point is like, yeah, really irrelevant. Like <laughs> he was an old man, defenseless civilian. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. Like yes, he was Fire Nation, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. But Jet's like, no, it is. It is important. He was Fire Nation, and he pulls out a knife. He was he was an assassin to eliminate me, which is well, which which is BS. Yeah, that is a flat out lie. And so for me, this begs the question, right? Like, there's a there's a wonderful quote that I that I cannot remember who it's by, but essentially it was narrowed down to um, lying is ultimately something that is like it's against the truth right you want the truth right but then lying is still within bounds but as soon as you start spouting uh things that are not even you're not even lying you're just ignoring the fact that there is a truth and just sharing things that are just total bs yeah right that's ultimately more damaging yeah and takes 10 times the amount of energy to refute than a lie does yeah Right, because it, it there is no respect for the truth, whereas lies still have a respect for the truth. Yeah, because you're respecting that there is a truth. I am acknowledging that I'm lying, and I'm just gonna tell this different thing, even though I know that it's not what's true. Versus, versus like, ignoring the fact that there is a truth and just going with. I'm your gonna story, make up my own truth, which is an incredible manipulative tool. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely. And again, incredibly dangerous. Which is why it works so well here, because there's no way to sit there and, like, he's making up his known truth. Yes. Almost to the point where you feel like he believes it himself. Yeah. And there's no way for Sokka to be like, no, that I can prove to you why what you're saying isn't true. It's just, you're just making up random things that there's no way for me to even refute. Well, and in this, what this reminded me is, like, people who are min- trying to manipulate people and trying to control people negatively often use binary language, meaning they use absolute language. Us versus them. It's us versus them. Either this way or that way. It's that way. It always, they never, there's always, it's this absolutist, right? And so you definitely hear this in Jet's language, right? It's, and I strongly got a vibe of, well, if you're not with me, you're against me here. Yeah. Right? And... I think that like, I think he even says that like I thought you would have been you would have seen my vision and been with me like yeah well and episode. what he uses language is if if they don't help if we don't help people here then there's a lot of people who are going to die like if you leave me and you don't help there's a lot of people who are going to die and that's just not that's not true right there are so many other options that could that could happen <laughs> exactly. there are so many other things. <laughs> And so I think that like using that kind of language and speaking in a way that just ignores the fact that there are so many other possibilities is one way to control people. So you see that you see that in a gun control argument, you see that in the, it's either it's either you want no guns or you want all the guns. And I think most people don't fall that way, right? Most people fall in this place of like no, like you. I want to be able to shoot things when I want. To. Oh yeah, you. Oh, you have a gun at home. I can't believe you are in support of the NRA. Right. That is. That is not. Those two are different. Yeah, those are different. <laughs> like, but you know. Oh, you want to put gun control laws down? You want to take away all our guns? Or, um, you you don't want to put gun you know gun laws in place? You just want everyone to be able to shoot everybody whenever. Very extremist views on things that. I would argue that 99.9% of the population doesn't agree with. But that's the language that is getting used so frequently. That it doesn't feel that way. Right. Right? Because that language is used so frequently in our culture today, it feels like there are a lot more people who are on both sides of those spectrums. Right. Right? And I say both sides of those spectrums intentionally, not saying that, like, there's also not two sides. Right? right. Sometimes it's not there's just not... two sides. Right. There are a whole... There's a whole mass of opinions and ideas around this issue and when we say both what we do is we narrow that language down to two and that's a good example of a kind of language that is manipulative it's either us versus them because it's controlling the narrative yeah when the narrative isn't what is like jed is controlling the narrative if this if you don't do this then this is going to happen exactly and the, if anyone who is against to push back that manipulation or wants to push back on it you have to sit there and say no, let's let's really look at what could all potentially go down here. Absolutely, because Jet's also saying the Fire Nation's coming to burn us down. We have no proof that that's the case. Um, he then lies about like what he wants Aang and Katar to do and why he wants them to do it. Sure does. Um, fill this reservoir so that we can you know put out the fires once the forest start you know if they do come. Yeah, and so you start to see this finally. They go on a night mission. Sokka yep. catches them. Um, gets caught well, catching and them. And at first, he tries to keep Sokka on board. Right. right. It's easier to do that than have to take him away. So, like, you know, killing Fire Nation is more important than saving lives in the innocent. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. And 
sometimes you do have to make sacrifices, right? Like, and I think that he's saying that knowing that Sokka agrees with that statement, Yeah. right? And I think he's trying to say, it, it, what that does is it limits the conversation to saying, but this is not an instance in which the sacrifice makes sense. Right. Right? I agree with you that sometimes we have to make sacrifices for the greater good. However, this is not okay. And I think Sokka does really well saying, standing by, again, his values saying, this they're, is not okay. innocent civilians, mothers, children. In his exact words, no, I do understand. Right? Jet says, like, they don't understand the sacrifices of war like you and I do. And, and Sokka says, no, I do understand. And it's still not okay. Yeah. Right? And I think that's really important because it shows that he's really thinking about and, and taking in and thinking critically about what Jet is saying. We are talking about a children's show that has a villain that is currently talking about murdering children. I just, again, wanted to well, uplift that. They never talk about murdering children. I mean, he is... They talk about murdering innocent people. Well, no, because even Sokka says there are, you know, innocent women and children down there. And Jet's like, yep. <laughs> I hear you. Don't care. Yep. Um, and so... They lock him up. They lock him up. They run him out. But he again, I, I even highlighted again that like you and I do. He's exactly. trying to build that oh, connection for the, manipulation. That like, is... oh, but like you and I get this. Yep. They you, don't get they it. They don't like get you it. And like I we do. get it. We're again, on the same boat here. Common enemy intimacy. Yep. Trying to establish a common enemy here. Yep. When really Sokka's on is truly like Katara's on my side, even though she's been against him this whole episode. Yeah. Doesn't work. So Sokka gets locked up. Then we cut to Katara. They, he straight up lies to Katara and Aang, saying that Sokka apologized and gives her credit for talking to him. Oh, that little slick move of like, it seems like somebody had a conversation with them. Yep. Oh, I, I totally did. Yeah. He must have heard something. Like, right? What a slick like maneuver you of language. Smug little. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! This is I, this is the first episode where I really wanted to curse a lot. And like, <laughs> You're like <laughs> so angry. Um, but but and, and here's another perfect example though. Of like how, how subtle was that? Right? It, it's so subtle. Um, he knows what's making that connection. You see this. Uh, I can't remember the term that they use it when uh, you talk about like mediums, people who believe like say that they can talk to ghosts and spirits. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever the term is, but it's that that I'm gonna ask a really vague question that may or may not be true. And then if you confirm that, then I can push forward, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it seems like someone talked to him. Oh, I didn't talk to him. Oh, interesting. No harm, no foul. Yeah. Oh, I did talk to him. Yeah, great. Look at you. How awesome are you for doing exactly. that? Exactly. You made a difference. Um, and so, like, he was able to... He says something that's vague enough that, like, well, had it not been true, that it wouldn't have hurt his and, cause. And here's the deal. Like, I question... Like, I'm curious about what your thought. Do you think this is, like, subconscious for Jet? Or is he consciously trying to convince them? Like, is he consciously lying to them? Is he consciously trying... Or, or is this so ingrained into who he is that he's just doing it to survive? I think that... It, and this is... It goes back again. Like, we can empathize with someone and it doesn't... We still have to hold them accountable to their actions. Like, you can understand sure. why someone is where they are. Um, but for him, I think that almost like the willing to sacrifice for the greater good, I think he sees that, like, lying in this situation to manipulate them to bring them closer to the situation is something I have to do to do this thing that I think is just and fair. I think for me, I believe that this is subconscious for him. 
He's just that good at it now. I think like, it is so in, integral to who he is at this point that th- this is something he's not even he's not thinking. I have to convince them. He just thinks that he so desperately needs their their help and their work that he's doing this without even thinking about it. And I think that's the most generous assumption I can make. Because if I make the assumption that he's like, no, I need to lie to them in order to get them to do, there's a lot more, like, there's a lot more consequence. Yeah, because right? he's aware and, uh, of it's, everything And, that's and going so on. I, I think that he's been so damaged by losing his parents and so damaged by continued storytelling and narrative around the damage that the Fire Nation has done that this is so internal and so just who he is. Mm-hmm. But I... I think that's anyway moving on um he gets ang and katara to fill the reservoir they do you can do this Katara. oh you did it look how amazing you are um ang and katara filled they finish quickly um sokka manipulates the two into a trap he does i i that's exactly what he puts down is that he's just he saw the traps from earlier runs right over them they get captured finds yep. his means of escape um another example of like you know that worked out really well for him you know that was just yep he used manipulation to his benefit um and then ang the guitar figure out figure it out yep right so leading to jet saying you would do this too just try to remember what happened to your mother this is the third time he's used that to try and convince either Sokka or katara to do something yep right common enemy intimacy Yes. Is the big takeaway from this episode. Notice that it doesn't work. It does, it's not real connection. <laughs> it works for a little while, but then it doesn't. Um, and so this hatred for uh, this common hatred, he tries to use it again, um, but at this point, it doesn't work. Yep. And so then we destroy the dam, we destroy the cabbages. So before all that, I also want to talk about just the fight scene. I did write down something okay. for this specific fight scene. So That Jet was trying to murder Aang? Yeah, well, so a little bit of that, but <laughs> also you have to... The, I think that the tools and the way that Aang and Jet manipulate the environment around them speaks as a direct correlation to the tools they use to manipulate others. Interesting. So Aang is using his natural giving ability and airbending to move, not hurt, get away from, but he's using this natural element that he has that um, you could almost call truth and logic is the way that he normally tries to get people on board with things. Sure. Jet is using blades and swords to swing through and fight and manipulate those sharp jabs, and, and, and it's exactly the way that he uses hate and fear to manipulate others. And so I think that's I almost kind of pulled that his swords represent like fear, interesting and, and metaphor. Anger. Yeah, but I, and that might be a little bit of a stretch. But when I watched that fight scene, it was just interesting to see. You see, his style doesn't change when he's manipulating the world. He's doing exactly what Aang is doing. Yep. Um. He is able to get to all the same places that Aang is in all of these trees by using his swords. But it's ultimately doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. And Aang is still able to do what he can. Um, and Katara, the same. Freezing Aang, uh, freezing Jet. Again, a little bit of a stretch, but I thought that that was an interesting... I think it's worth talking about. Cool. Um, and then you get this moment where he still gives his orders blows up the reservoir and town gets wiped out yep but Sokka comes through thank goodness and it shows you that Sokka did not he has a tough time manipulating the situation again to convince people to leave but because of his actions earlier yep 
because of his actions, right? His words and his actions earlier, the Fire Nation guy was like, listen, we got to listen to this guy. He knows he's talking credible. About. Yep. He is a credible person to listen to. And that's because that trust was not built on common enemy. It was built on compassion. compassion. Right? And so I think that's something like if, again, as we want to positively manipulate people, inspire, perhaps, or inspire, coach, persuade, lead. coach, etc. I think that using our action that are actions that are grounded in values are more likely to convince others of something than common enemy intimacy. Yep. Right? Because eventually we see how that falters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Eventually Aang and Katara catch on. Absolutely. Um, and then we get to play on Sokka's instincts again. Except this time in a positive way. Yeah. Right? A little, little, another, another little Sokka instinct joke. Right? Did you follow your instincts? And he's like, you know, sometimes they lead me in the right direction. And then they play a little jokey, right? Where, you know, Sokka, you're going the wrong way, right? And sometimes they don't. Right. How humble does Sokka again have to be, right? Like, at what point is it? Because like, I would be sitting there and be like, can we can we give it a break? Like, yeah. can, we, can we chill with this? Because it's yeah. getting obnoxious. But he's like, no, you're right. Sometimes it doesn't work. I think we got last week's episode and this week's episode, Sokka Shines... Big deal. And, and both of them. Gr- like, think about how much Sokka has grown from episode one. Mm-hmm. Or what episode, what was the the Warriors of... Uh... Warriors of Kyoshi. Isn't that three? Episode yeah, three? but uh, that's another one where he is... No humility. Right? No. Um, the traveling with Katara and Aang rubbing off on Sokka. Or, yeah, is it them or is it the lessons he's picking up along the way? But either way, yes. it's... Either way, it's he is... Um, the last two specific episodes, he is really shining um, in what he's accomplishing, and so props to him. Any other thing that you want to talk about prior to wrapping this episode? Did we miss anything? I just want to say again that Jet's a jerk. <laughs> and uh, even though... Is like, that dehumanizing language? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Okay, so Jet, <laughs> Jet is a really troubled kid who needs some help. Yeah. Right, and he really needs help, and it's really, and I do this with kids too. Like I have kids that I'm responsible, and like they're just a jerk, and then I realize they're like, okay, this is what they're going through. But the problem is, if I don't get checked, like the way you just checked me, it is very easy to sit in that narrative of that kid's a jerk. Yep. Right, and then to just let that lie, and then that continue to tell that story. Which, and that's such a that is such a dehumanizing word that we've that's so normal that's, for us. That's because acceptable. Yeah, because we, it's an acceptable word. Yeah, calling someone a jerk. It's not, that's not profane. We, that is considered like, you might hear your pastor call someone a jerk, right? Like, it's yep. such a, like a normal word. Um, but it is, it's, it's, you're, you're putting, you're taking away the hum, the humanity in someone when you use language like that. And, and that's like, it's acceptable. That's the problem. And I think well, that as, as I, I am responsible for the leadership development of people. Right. And that's part of my job. And one of the things that I cannot allow is any name calling. And I think that I gotten pushback from people that I work with all the time where, oh, we're just having fun and everybody wants it to be something that we do. Like everybody's like, no, we all want this to be something that we can call each other. Well, and with and with no judgment, like how many people heard me say like you shouldn't call someone a jerk and rolled their eyes and were like, come on. Like it, right? Or how like how far does this really go? Legitimately, though, I think it has to go that far. Yeah, I think that it, if you are trying to do what's best for people in general, 
and you hear it a lot too when you were talking about like uh, if someone's being a jerk I'm gonna let them know they're being a jerk that's my way of helping them oh yeah like I'm gonna call it how I see it there's a difference between honesty and cruelty and so yeah, cruel honesty is, is still cruel not okay well, yeah it's like, still it's cruel still cruel um, and so how do you is it still is there still a better way to, to share that honesty of like hey maybe that wasn't the best way to approach that situation hey this might be how that came off um but you have to sit there and say you gotta check yourself and say yeah even using the word jerk like if I can get in the habit of not doing that I'm gonna be in a better place and, um, and I'm not truly, saying that that hurts as much as calling someone a racial slur it doesn't right those are I think those are on the spectrum of things those are different but they're still on the but they're spectrum. still on the spectrum and so isn't it better just to not do it at all correct right and it's not easy because it's so ingrained in our culture but i have a feeling that my lens as we talk about the end of the episode is going to resolve revolve around this possibly um and so we will be right back and we're going to be looking at um manipulation through the earth element um, and we'll be right back in just a second wrap up with our final thoughts for the episode um through a lens of earth and manipulation yeah yeah and so for me i think i i think of when i think of the earth again i want to come back to just kind of like standing your ground and being grounded in your values and i think that goes back to me with dehumanizing language and wanting to work on even the little ones not wanting to to say those those little words because if i'm trying to live into my values of of love and belonging um using dehumanizing language does not live into either of that and i also kind of want to talk about too just like i don't want to feel like i'm coming off like i'm morally better than people because i don't do these things like this i mess up on this all the time i just did um i mess up on this all the time and so for me i but for for wanting to create a place of belonging that's that's rooted in love I just can't. Even the little ones, I just can't use over and over again. I really have to try to check myself. Well, and again, you wanting to get better does not make me worse. Right. Right? Yep. And I think that that's where a lot of people struggle with with this concept is like, where's the line? We've got to have some kind of stuff. And like, we we don't. Right? Right. Um, So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go kind of a a different direction. I'm going to go a little bit literal here um, around manipulating Earth. our yard needs some attention. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I really think that I feel better when I have spent time working to make the outside look nice so that my inside feels calmer. Yeah. Right? And I, I think that manipulating the earth literally outside and, you know, landscaping a little bit and doing a few things like that will make my internal self feel better and so i'm gonna i'm gonna take it that direction and manipulate the earth that way nice what are you gonna do what do you want to do in, a, in, a, in an earth lens uh around manipulation what did you pull out of this episode as the listener and tell us because we want to know too yeah the arc of e at gmail.com 
Um, we will read some of our favorite stories on here, but tell us what the show means to you, what this episode means to you, um, what you really pull out of it. We would love to hear from you. Um, and then we will be back next week with the next episode. Um, I don't know if we've chosen a word for that or a lens for that one yet. We did, Oh, great. Uh, the word is partisanship. Partisanship. Interesting. Yep. I can't wait to dive on in. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.